Welcome to Start from the Universe On Call. I am Paul Franz, owner of Franz Games. I run SMP Online, FedCom Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just mind how to join us for a talk cast every Thursday starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone to dial 605-520-444. Just follow the directions. Call ID is 17702. Or you can participate or you can participate on the web. Just go to the talk show website at www.talkshow.com and search for call ID 17702. Or you can Search for SFU on call or Starfleet Universe on call. You will find us all there on TalkShoe. Now, if you want the best streaming experience, you want to go to Twitch. That's right. Twitch.tv slash SFU on call is the URL you want to visit because that's where you will find me. And you'll get to see my wonderful face, hear my melodious voice, and continue on and have a wonderful day after that. Come on, after that, how can you not? And if, of course, you need to contact me for e- for any reason, my email address is sfuoncall at gmail.com. That's S-F-U-O-N-C-A-L-L at gmail.com. Also, if you want to, you can f- follow me on Twitter. My Twitter account is sfuoncall. And if you will follow my personal account, that's also Paul Franz. It's P-A-U-L-F-R-A-N-Z. There's no T in that. And also Franz Games, which is my business account. So F-R-A-N-Z. G-A-M-E-S. And of course, a lovely talk cast, gets to the podcast, available on iTunes, and various other feeds around the net. Some quick news from A to B this week. That is, Shapeweights has two new materials to the fine, detailed plastic family. One is a gray, fine, detailed plastic, opaque material that shows exceptional contrast and detail. And also, they have the clear ultra fine detail plastic that has improved clarity and look. So, it's kind of the whole idea is I don't know if some people use that to represent a cloaked ship, which is kind of cool. Um, now, the problem is Shapeways did play with the pricing of these products. And because of that, Gene's going to have to spend uh, way, way too much time um, going over all 2,500 items on the Shapeways store and possibly adjusting pricing accordingly to be more consistent and whatever, because, you know, that's kind, of, that's kind of important. Now, of course, AD has lots of free stuff. If you want to go to starfleetgames.com, you'll find all kinds of free stuff, especially a good place to go, actually, is the Master Index. You'll find all kinds of stuff available on that the website or possibly even just a link to other websites. For example, SAP Online. Hi. Um, moving on, we're forward to the SAP Online tournament. The Sapphire Star 13 tournament is it has been, you know, it started last week, actually a couple of weeks ago, I think, at this point. Um, and the five games have been completed out of the eight. So we're, we're progressing quite well. And of course, bad news. Dun, dun, dun. I lost against the the Win Ox Box, and you will be listening to how badly I did um, just a little on later on this podcast slash YouTube video. Moving on to the library report, there's not much going on there um, because that's be online. I mean, that's a B. Not much, no, nothing going on there. And Fedcom Library, nothing added. 
There was some that was submitted. I have not gotten around to. Because I spent a whole weekend away, spending way too many days, um, going to bed late and going, getting up early, extra early. So, so with that, that is the news for this week. And it's me, the only one of Paul Friends welcoming you to the Starfleet Universe on call. And tonight, well, we've got Doug. Hey, Doug, how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm Good. doing on here. And of course, Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? Good evening, everyone. Staying safe out there? Uh, yeah. yeah. Taking an odd route because of weather and mountain passes. I'm in Montana this time around. Oh, okay. Ooh. That sounds pretty. Yep. It is. Hey. Went past the little Bighorn uh, battlefield site earlier. Oh, cool. No, okay. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah, among other things, stuff. I was thinking about running a little Bighorn game someday, but oh, well, go on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, geez. special scenario for gamers. Uh. Like, you know number of guys in the uh, the Custer side and unlimited number of Indian reinforcements coming in until like uh, the end, shall we say. <laughs> so we're like vastly outnumbered. That sounds a lot like the uh, the Fossa Star Trek uh, Kobayashi Maru scenario. Yeah. Well, well, let's put it this way. I hosed. Yeah, well, the, 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 the no win. Yeah, it's definitely no win scenario. The key, the way, the way I see it, is your way to quote unquote win is to survive the most turns. It's a combination between people. Can you last five turns oh, yeah. or ten turns? Yeah. Well, just just to give them a quick plug, if you check out the. Uh... Uh, the Little Wars TV guys, they did a Alamo scenario mm -hmm. where this guy had actually made the Alamo and he gave up. He had, it looks like 177 scale miniatures. Remember the old Airfix miniatures way back in the day? Mm -hmm. um, and it looked like he uh, basically, he built a scale model of the Alamo based off of the John Wayne movie. You know, that major influence. And then the scenario was there's just waves of Mexicans because there's like 6,000 of those guys to like the hundred odd, whatever amount of guys there were in the Alamo. And it wasn't a matter of you're going to win or lose. It was a matter of how long can you survive? How much damage do you inflict to the enemy as your victory conditions? Mm -hmm. And the Alamo guys thought that they lost because the, the, the guy refereeing the game didn't tell anybody ahead of time what the victory conditions actually were. It's just, here you go. Here's the here's the scenario. Mm -hmm. Few well, few time. Well, that makes that to me makes perfect time, sense. How did how did how did what? I'm sorry, you you, you trailed off. Oh, well, now that you have the Kazini out of your face, um, 
How did it go with the drones in your face? Uh, okay. Poorly. Well, I, I definitely, I, I lost, and that was, that was definitely the end. And for Jeff, I think yours, yours was the worst end than mine. Oh, I knew mine was over long before the actual end. Um, I, uh, when, um, when I did the math and realized I had missed my last opportunity to MD cell and Papa Weasel, there was just, okay, well, let's just, let's just let, let's just let Peter have his big boom. And I was actually surprised. I still had a ship left after all the drones hit. <laughs> wow. I ate, uh, Two standards. I ate two standards on a weak shield, and then I ate um, two standards and two fours on a intact shield, and I ended up. Oh gosh! After the disruptors and everything else, it was it was somewhere in the order of 140 hits on different shields, and and I think uh, when I pulled it up, I think I didn't have a single excess damage box ticked. I had uh, one control space. I had a couple of other miscellaneous. I think I had a transporter left, <laughs> but everything else was it was 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 a sea of red. I had zero power available, mm -hmm. so I was like, "Okay, everybody, break out the life, bre break out the life support supplies." <laughs> <sighs> oh well. Yeah. Had I known that I would have survived the uh, the, uh, the the onslaught with a. Uh, with the control box, I wouldn't have fired drones at drones, and that didn't work out so well for me anyway. I'd have fired my two remaining fours and my two remaining suicide shuttles at uh, at Peter. At least made him pay for it. Right. Understood. Understood. Yeah, for I me, I at least can say I drew blood. I can at least say that I uh, brought down his number one. So there is there is that. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> Understood, and I, I know how that is. You know, I, I, I drew first blood in my mind, which was nice. I lost in the long term, but but I did get first blood. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When we last left our 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 Avengers or adventures, adventures. I think that's a better way of putting it. Um, they were being chased by Win Oxbox with Hellbores and plenty of drones. And actually, I survived longer than I would have would have if I would not have headed um, because of I got into a position which was really really bad. Where he was, I was off his shield number six. But if I only short of a, a head, the only turn, only thing I could do is go directly forward. So all he had to do at that point is go straight directly, I think forward, and he, and we be at range two. It's like, no, that's not a good thing. Nope. Nope, not at all. Now, the, the a short version of what happened is basically he kept on chasing me 
he he would fire one hell bore per turn. And with with that, he just pink take down some more weapons. Pink take down some more weapons. Pink take some out down some more weapons. To the point where okay. He's taken down all my shield crackers or web breakers. He's taken away half my phasers and he's taken down half my PCs. So I got two PCs and like four phaser ones. And that's about, yeah, that's about it. Actually, I think it was four phaser ones, maybe five. No, it was five. I had five phaser ones. Um, after that, I still had plenty of power. But I'm looking at this, okay, I'm I'm going to defeat this guy with two particle cannons and five phaser ones? No. No. So at that point, I conceded. That's because of, it was a no-win situation. No-win. Um, could I have won this game? I mean, from the beginning, I'm talking about. I don't think so. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what I could have done differently to win it. Now, the only thing, here's the one thing. Okay, a couple of things that, that got answered. She, on turn number one, for those of you who, who are dialing in for the second podcast in a row, you know about the position where I basically was able to, um, he, he, did something really whacked, and he went for a corner dodge, all, you know, offside corner dodge. So he's coming basically directly towards me, uh, coming towards me when it comes to um, hex rows. And um, then he, you know launches these these drones to make a drone cloud. Now I come to find out from him the reason why he did this was that he wanted to get the drones in front of him. It's like, okay. Now, <laughs> here's the thing that I found found just a slight bit funny. He said, he said that he was expecting me to hit his shield number one. Now, here's the thing. He's launching it so that the shield the, the drones are going to be off his shield number sorry shield number two fine right and so the, so when he turns in the drones are going to be off his shield number two you know on that side of the ship and he expected me he expected me to be off his shield number one now that might have been the case if I wouldn't have been going as fast as I went. So that's possible. But, you know, the thing is, to me, the, the, what was funny was that he said that and he was expecting, because the drones were off shield number six, he was he was figuring I was going to attack shield number one. And it's like, no. Why in God's green earth would I do that? Because of, you know, what that means, if you think positionally speaking, he's coming towards me. So if if my only way of 
attacking him is going to be going going after shield number one and then turning towards the short corner. It's like, are you nuts? I'm not going to go towards the short corner and have less room to, to, to run away from? Really? I mean, really? So... You know, I, I I told him I told you know, I told him that's why I was off shield number six. Well, come to find out, shield number one was the brick. I just happened to hit the non-brick, and that's why I got the internals. Now, the next time I got around to firing on, to say the very least, okay, number one, my rolls sucked dirt. Of all of my um, particle cannons, I hit with maybe fifty. Well, that's your own fault, Paul. You, you wrote the software. You did, you, mean you tell me you didn't write it write it in so that when it detected your your username, you had an invisible negative two electronic warfare shift. Uh, <laughs> done. Oh, see that's see that's the thing. That's the kind of, of thinking that's like you know. If I start, here's here's the thing, and this, this is the God honest truth, that I'm always fearful that someone's going to accuse me of that. And there's no way, I have no way to prove it that I didn't do it. You know, the only thing I can get close of is that you can look, because if I'm if I'm rolling really well, like I, I, my, if I've really done a well, good, good job, you know, I'm, I'm rolling well, you know, and people go can possibly question whether you know I modified the die roll so they would roll better for me than anybody else because I I actually developed the program. Well, you know, if I remember correctly, you could plug in and it's some kind of external die roller. Yep, you can. You can so it's entirely possible that someone else could do the same thing for themselves. So it's not like it's really all that big a deal. And if Winning Starfleet Battle Online games means so much to you that you're willing to cheat. Uh, what's the victory yeah. worth? Yeah, agreed, agreed. But no, yeah, but no, yeah. Uh, I hit they with the refrigerators. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. I hit with two out of five uh, web breakers. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I also hit with only, you know, three of six particle cannons, you know. Um, really poor, poor. I mean, even when I got, even got better, you know, a better to, to hit, you know, like one to four, I still hit with only one out of, out of two, you know. So, yeah. And, of course, the... The big issue for me was that you know I didn't have much. I I I need more power. At least that's why I see it. Um, but uh, so you know, my next time next time I come around, I actually I, I hit I hit his brick. Because actually I no I hit. He got it right this time. No, I, I actually I got to hit his non-brick for one time, but the problem was I couldn't. That was with um, phasers. But the next time it came around, it's kind of obvious that, you know, shield, so I got like half his shield number six is gone. That's where he put his brick from when I actually had enough firepower to actually, you know, hurt him. 
Um, now, when it comes to the drone situation, the drone situation was kind of interesting in that we got, we're on turn number four. I'm running away from the, the, the drones that were from turn number one. I actually run them out. I run them all out. And after I run them all out, then I, I turn towards him. I turn, because I figure, okay, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going I'm to come in and I'm just going to pray that I that I can get through all the drones. You know, phase one here, bing, phase one here, bing, phase one here, and just hope that there's no uh, type one. Well, um, the funny part was that I actually got three points a day. I rolled a six for one of them at range two. And it survived. Big surprise. But that that's the one that turned out to be a, um, a two-space drone. Oops. Well, fortunate. Well, for the fortunate part yep. about that one is that I was, I could, it was at range two. Neither of us, were, were, neither the drones or I was moving. So I was able to fire phaser three at range two and knock it down and kill it. So that, that one never hit me. But I was able to uh, basically to wipe out that, that wave of drones, you know, with, with my phasers. And I fired the, the shield cracker and the um, particle cannons at him. And I think I'm just thinking about the last turn, whether I fired any phases at him or not. I think I did, yeah, I fired four phaser, phaser ones at him. And, you know, but I didn't, of course, I, unfortunately, I hit the, um, the, uh, the brick, so... Nothing, no damage there. And he keeps on beating on me, you know, each turn to the point where, as I said, you know, I, I have my, my particle cannons available and only had five out of the original. Okay, five out of the original. I'm thinking about this again. 12, uh, 12 phasers. Yeah. Because I got four phaser threes and eight phaser ones. So, 12 phasers. So, it's like, okay, I, I ha most of my battery was gone by that time. So, I'm, I figured, I'm toast. You know, and I, I conceded at that point. Um, then we had, John and I had a quick discussion about whether I, um, well, what I thought could, you know, did I, did I think that the Satorian was weak? Because it never seems to win. Well, I think part of that is I think I'm the only person playing this Altorian these days. So, um, well, there was there was some mention that the Seltorians at one point had a ten Phaser ones on the tournament boat, and I played. Yeah, and I played against it too. I was playing. I remember that year. I don't remember the, the what year it was, but I remember. It, it was a long time ago where we didn't have SFB online. If you played online, 
It was called Play by Email. Oh, Yeah. And yes, I remember participating. Yep. And I was facing a Saltorian with the 10 phasers against my Andromedan. This is before they, they, they nerfed the Andromedan. This is before they nerfed it. And he just wailed on me. You know, I don't think he charged his particle cannons. I think he, he had his particle, particle cannons charged for the, the first go-around. But after that, he never charged them again. You know? So it's well, like... When you got 10 Phaser 1s, why bother your Phaser boat? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You get in behind him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... It was it was a nutty affair. Now brings up the 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 question, which is well the two questions. One is the Saltorian a weak ship, and if it is a weak ship, should it be upgraded. And if she upgraded, how? Now. I I'm going to posit the theory that it's not a weak ship, but it's a weak empire. They, aside from a heavy phaser layout, their heavy weapons don't typically produce a lot of crunch power, except in some very narrow cases. They're really good against the Tholians and mediocre against anybody else. Yeah, um, Oh, I got something to say about this. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, basically, it comes down to a matter of design, game design. And one of the issues that I have with this is that every, you know, faction is shoehorned into the tournament play. And the problem is you have a ton of different... Um, play styles and uh, equipment setup that doesn't work against each other. Just right. Flat out, and it take it took them decades to get the you know to buff out a lot of the the problems that they had with the initial tournament play. Uh, don't even want to go into all that, but. Um, some things just don't work well against others in the tournament play, and there's so many different factors that, you know, maybe that's a huge part of the issue. The other thing is it could be a matter of the ship design that they need to pull for the uh, the actual play. I mean... Perhaps they could go to something that's not that particular ship that's, you know, like a war cruiser design. Like did something like they did with the, the Lyrans, where they took the LDR as an, you know, a different Lyran faction. But the problem with it is that there's always going to be something that you stack up against that you're weak against in certain tactics. And it could also just be an issue of, he chose the right tactics in this game. And maybe you're just not playing that often enough 
to get all the subtleties down in it. Because that's a that's a huge problem with uh, SFB. If you're not playing it a lot, there's a ton of like little subtle things that you can miss, and the little subtle things, especially in a tournament boxed arena, are the things that will cost you that particular match. So that's right, kind of my four cents on that. Um, you know, it could come down to just maybe more experience and more practice games against that particular thing, and you might have a totally different way of approaching the match. Or it could just be that against X Y Z, this is the this ship is massively disadvantaged. Which brings me to the third thing that I was thinking of for six cents on the deal is uh, have, has anybody ever suggested, and I forget because it's been a long time since I posted on the SFB boards, has anybody ever suggested a tournament setup where instead of just picking one race to run, you pick you know one with an alternative, you know, two or three ships in a row, like ABC, a is the alpha, that's your primary ship you're going to play. But if A is an alpha is historically, you know, severely disadvantaged against the opponent, you end up going to B. Uh, that's and, right for player abuse. And not just that. Here's, here's the thing that I see with that. Okay, let's see. Well, it's never been proposed. Um, that I know. Um, but number two, I think the more important thing is that you can't, given that scenario where you have three ships apiece, one, when you define, I'm assuming the whole idea is that, okay, I choose one ship, you know, your, 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 um, your opponent chooses one ship, and then you, you see if the matchup is, you know, a, a disadvantage to one person or not, another. And, you, and then the the person who's disadvantaged can choose a different ship. And the question is well, the the, about the yeah uh, about the only way I can think of this would work without a lot of a lot, uh, without a lot of issues is if you when you're setting the tree up when the judge is setting the tree up he goes down okay um, uh, John John Q Gorn is facing. <clears throat> is facing this other race. This other race is disadvantaged against the Gorn, so he goes to their alternate, and then their alternate. And in which case, then you turn around and then you release, and you keep the surprise up of who you're, of what's going on. You you, you show up, and you, you're playing what the what the system says you're playing, but at the same time, who who bumps first? Which player gets bumped from their primary to their secondary first? There's all this nuance in there, and if you leave it up to player choice, it's going to come down to people trying to, their best to make cases that since the Orion took the drone package, you really need to you're going to be disadvantaged, and so you need to take this other this other race selection. Or since the Orion took the plasma package, you need to go with the phaser heavy pack. You need to go with this other phaser heavy empire design and things like that all these sorts of things that are basically locked out of the uh, um, the mind game of the tournament as it is now 
it's an interesting idea. I just don't really see how it could be made workable without um, injecting more opportunities for player abuse. Right. I agree. Well, here's the thing. Um, when, I, when I initially said the player chooses ABC, I, I didn't mean that they get the choice at the point of the match. They get the, the choice at the beginning of the tournament. So, and there's an extra little thing to this. So, in effect, when you're set up in a tree or if you're in a round-robin kind of thing, and I was thinking more in the round-robin, like, Swiss format, um, the patrol-style thing, where pick your three ships, then you're not going to choose B or C. It goes to B. And if B is massively advantaged against the other player, the other player goes to his B. Possibly they might end up going to C on one of the players. And that could be a judge's call. But the other thing is... Um, the reason I think this could be viable is that you have this potential, and I don't know if anybody's compiled it, but I'm sure that there are records of it from different tournaments, different online tournaments. You could have a potentially massive database of, here's all the matches that have been played over the last 20 years. You know, here's how many times Orion wins against Fed, and if that is you know, Orion wins nine out of ten times, then you could say that that ship is heavily advantaged against the Fed player. The Fed player would then go to his B choice against somebody whose primary is an Orion. Now, so, oh, that, that's as, as somebody who's got some experience with databases, one of the issues you're going to run into really quickly is is that historical data only means things when none of the underlying data points change. And we know that a lot of changes has been have been made in tuning in the tournament ships that we have now. Um, so it's like, okay, is it the is it the is it the is it the nineteen ninety nine Orion or is it the two thousand twelve Orion or is it the two thousand twenty three Orion? Right. Against which version of the Fed? That's something that could be sifted through when you build the database for the advantage right. chart. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't but say it, like use the Andromedan as an example for that too, for when they got nerfed. You know, I mean, those those are just things that you would have to take into advantage whoever wants to set up, or would be willing to take the task of setting up that kind of an information structure. Having uh, played the tournament and, Orion and, recently. Uh, yeah, you're right. They got nerfed so hard. With only three batteries, they can only really flip their after panels. Otherwise, they're destined to eat a lot of power overload internals. It would be almost equitable if if uh, a proposal could be floated so that uh, the, the forward panels on the Andromedan, as currently presented, are considered two different systems for purpose of uh, of reducing to between standard and, and reinforced levels for the purpose of of shifting shifting points around. Um, otherwise, you're in a position where if you wanted if you even wanted to try to flip your panels with your and you even with even with completely empty batteries, 
um, what is it? You lose uh, 40 points if you had full panels minus whatever degradation. So 40 points into 15 points of battery. Um, yeah, the, the Andromeda is never going to eat 20 plus internals just to uh, just to manage power. You can't. You're not allowed to. You, you can't. No. By by rules, you cannot. You cannot reduce your the amounts of you know either turn off panel or reduce from stand reinforce the standard if it causes you internals. That's by definition. That's the rule. Now, when it comes to the Andromedan, I can speak very clearly on the Andromedan given my experience. Now, yes, the current one is kind of nerfed with the three batteries. I I'm happy that we're back to the two TR heavies because damn we needed that to me yes. that was that was the most important change ever is to bring those back now having three batteries is a challenge it can be done it, it can be one in um now four would be much e much better much easier because then you could then you could do the, yeah. the panel dump. Currently, you can't always do a panel dump just because of you have to hit right. it, have it low enough so you only can put there's only 15 that's going to go into the batteries. Because you can there's all kinds of things yeah. you can do to, to drain the battery, and Lord knows. Yeah, that. and there's things you can do to drain the panels, but the the most effective way to get your protection back up and running is to run through a panel flip. Right. Well. And that's one thing that we, I, I, we might want to, uh, ouch, um, sorry, my cat again. Um, one thing might want to investigate in the future, which is the possibility, and this is one thing I've always been in favor of, which is instead of having, yes, cat, instead of having, um, a larger battery, give it an energy module. Because one thing you can, because it, it this is based off of the Conquistador. The the crate is based off the Conquistador, which means it has the hangar space in it. Now, given that, the great thing, here's the thing I, I love about that, that idea, and that is with an energy module, you can, one, it gives, it limits the amount of that times that that can be done by the Andromedan. The first time, it can do that, do a, a panel dump once. You can do a panel dump once. Now, after you do the panel dump, then the EM can become a, a, an additional target uh, for your opponent that's not you. Because... The opponent, you can put it out there if they want to. The, the opponent can completely and utterly ignore you. Excuse me. I mean, ignore ignore it, ignore the energy module. But it does he does so at his own peril, because of if it's allowed to sit out there and actually dissipate some of the energy from its panels into space, and the Andromeda can go come and pick that up again. Then. Um, you can do a panel, a panel dump. So it's definitely, it gives the Andromedan the ability to have another target. 
other than the ship to 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 destroy, which is I think one of those issues with a Seltorian. Now, okay, I'll go back really quick to Doug's point about um, the the matchups not being even. Now, it's been known from from the annals of time that this is truly the case. To the point where uh, I'm not sure where we at one point we I think uh, Robert Shermer had it, which was maintaining it, which is what was can can he no um, created a chart it was called rock paper scissors the RPS chart which was people came up with what they they felt like was the proper if given two opponents which were equally equally um, you know equal opponents basically you know as well you know both both played as well um, that give the percentage chance of of that ship winning against that the, the other ship you know for example um, Andromeda versus the Fed you know I think they gave that a 50-50 shot because it depends mainly on the Fed's photons. If they don't land, they don't do it. <laughs> it doesn't do the Fed any good. Right, exactly. But if they do land, the, the Andromeda is just completely destroyed. You know, because he's got uh, front panels. Assuming he hits the front panels, if you hit with four overload photons, that's 64 points of damage. And then you add the phasers, you've just, you've just completely crippled that ship in one volley. You know, obviously, so well, the fact, you know, if you it, the photons alone will 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 run will blow through the forward panels. Right, exactly. That, that's what I'm, I'm pointing out. So if, if they get in the rear panels, then it, it's really dead. But you know, so, and then if you follow it up with the phasers, the next impulse, <laughs> yeah, right. So the, the the point being that it's been known that not all ships are equal. Now that the, there's no no way to, to make all this the, the, a one ship in the tournament to be equal against all opponents. It's impossible to do it because of the two things that are really tournament based. One, um, we have we're we're, we're playing in the fishbowl. So yeah, it's not and not just that human nature being what it is. The power players will always will always lean away from a race or an empire in which they are proficient at, and into a empire in which they feel they have a favorable, sometimes even an unjust advantage. True, but um, the the more veteran players will want to possibly choose the what they feel like is the best ship for the tournament. Now, if you're going back in the olden days, and I do mean olden days, uh, where we had physical tournaments, the one thing that was noticed is that when, when it comes to the Goldhead tournament, when they did a report on who won last, they always find out, okay, who won last year? And that happened like, with Captain's Logs. So what what would happen <laughs> is players would then choose 
the ship that won the gold hat. The next year, they chose last year's um, winner. It was heavily favored. And then the, the veterans picked up on that, and so they started, started choosing the ship that was be- the best opponent for the ship that won. Because they figured, it's an hey, arms race. well, no, no, yeah, yeah basically, it's out trying out guessing who, what, what's the best ship to fly that year. It's the it's the head game around the tournament, not just the actual simulation. Right. It's like, for example, there's a lot of there's a lot of places where part of the issue is you don't have the intelligence. You're not allowed to have the intelligence to know what's going on, unless you're in one or two in- instances. I think the only one that gets any kind of, I think the Orion is the only one that gets any kind of uh, special dispensation, and they've only got two packages to choose from. Now, mind you, the the Kazen, they can turn around and they can figure out what they want to do with their drones before each and every every round, but at the same time, there's only so much they can do. Right. Drones drones aren't that much of a surprise. Right, and even... Even the, the tweakings that you can do is not going to be that big of a difference. The you know, um, do you want extended range drones? Ah, are you willing to pay for it? Yeah. Most most people will just use the use the points to get faster drones because faster drones are more lethal. Because the the fast drones, no one can outrun by definition. You know, the 32-speed drones, yep. you, you only can go with 31. So sooner or later, they're going get, to get caught up with you. And it's not like um, the Speed 20 drones. The Speed 20 drones, if you're going fast enough, you actually can um, go around the drones. Well, right. I know. I did it in my, my fight with Peter. It was what I was actually planning on doing. It was the what I called the, 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 the Nautilus Gambit, was make big circles on the map in order to keep the drones and a quartering if not stern chase so that i could stay ahead of them as a matter of fact i ran out of scatter pack that way but the thing is is that <clears throat> peter has enough uh experience I mean, all praise to him he, he 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 was excellent in what he did but he had enough uh, experience that he was able to keep the drones in a position where i couldn't best capitalize on my plan to just make big circles in the sky until he ran out of drones. Kind of a slow, kind of a slow, slow speed plasma ballet at high speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And it worked for a couple of turns until I got too close and he was able to capitalize on, on that when I was out of a position to do anything about it. I mean, granted, at the start of turn three, the really stupid plan I had that I didn't go with was to declare a speed four, brick up the number six, and het on impulse two, and then just alpha strike him with whatever was an, was an arc. And then and then weasel on three. Mm-hmm. That, would have, that would have handled all of the drones, plus the ones he was probably going to throw at me. But it would forced me to cut tracking to the two drones that I had on the map. Not necessarily bad, but not great either. Mm-hmm. But I knew if I if I announced a low speed at the start of the turn, I was in his arc. He was in a position where he could have unloaded everything on, on me on impulse one that would bear. 
and I didn't know that I would be able to keep enough survivability. So I just said, look, I'm facing the right direction. Let's get, let's continue running the wall, get the heck out of here. And we'll try it again later mm-hmm. after having dealt with some of the drones. But it's just, it's just that kind of thing. Do I feel like I stop and I hit and I kick his teeth in and take what comes or do I not? And that's, that's not anything to do with how the empires are built or how the technology for that empire works. It has more to do with that judgment call between do I have enough effectiveness to cause enough situation with shields and internals and whatnot to make it worth the return blow? And if the answer is no, then, well, maybe maybe discretion really is the better part of valor. <laughs> It, it, it's an interesting problem how 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 do we deal with the, the tournament well the tournament's a living thing so to speak mm-hmm. each individual round is is reasonably stable i don't think i've ever heard of anybody coming in and dropping new rules or new balance on a tournament in progress because for starters that would be anathema to fair play but uh jeff the, jeff it's happened. Yeah. It when ha- did it happen? Well, remember when I faced that 10 phaser Saltorian in a play by email tournament? Right there. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Right in the middle of the tournament. Because cause games last months to play out. Oh, well, I got you. That, that, that's an edge case. I'm talking oh, about with in person. With oh. with a live opponent, whether it's in person or, or through an online service, mm-hmm. uh, a real time a real time game, it'd just be like seeing seeing who won the, the the first round, and then all of a sudden turning around and saying that uh, we've decided that the Fed needs nerfed. So uh, for the rest of the tournament, at the beginning of the fight, the Fed's going to have to take a six point internal uh, volley, one of which has to be a photon. Right, I understand. Doing something silly like that—that's a good way. That's a good way to make sure players never come back. Oh, I agree. I agree. That is no. But you know, the the thing is that the turn has there's been so much skull sweat spent on how to balance these things out. But at the same time, there's been so much skull sweat of how to inject all these different empires into it it starts to be a position of, for example, have you, have either of you ever seen or heard of uh, some of the Omega, uh, Omega quadrant um, um, empires being, being proposed to have a tournament ship? Or what about the Carnivons or the Paravians? Okay. Has anybody ever seriously tried to, to, to bring those forth for the tournament. Well, no one... And the thing is, is they've got this larger, you've got this large, the, the bigger the, the SFU gets, the more people that like to play this empire or that empire that's not really uh, represented in the tournament, the more there's going to be people wanting more and more edge cases, which just makes it harder and harder to balance. Mm-hmm. Understood. Now, going back to the, to the Omegas. Yes, in fact, Ken Burnside created a whole, whole set of tournament ships f- 
for the Omega um, Octant. Now, actually, he did some play tests at, at one of the one, uh, at Origins, and I was involved in that. Um, now, was was there any thought of actually introducing that into the main tournament? No. And as I and and Jeff, I I'm sure I've, I've talked about this while you're on, which is that I feel like the same way I was. I'm pretty sure. Um, Ken was going to be approaching it, which is if you had an Omega Octant tournament, it would have to be separate from the regular tournament. Just because of, in theory, now this is in theory, don't don't get buried in on this, because I, I know that overall, um, there's still there still needs some work to be done for the with the Omega um, empires to make them better balanced. That the the weapon systems need to be tweaked some. Um, but in any way, with the Alpha Octant being the only because in theory the Alpha the Omega Octant ships were are supposed to be relatively um, they're supposed to face each other in in combat. They don't really interact yeah. with the Alpha Octant at all, except for really far in the future, you know, in the X ship range, you know, second generation X ship range. So, you know, you know, there's no reason to have those two this in, together. They should be definitely separated. Now, when it comes to um, Ships being added to tournament, there's not that many ships, and usually they're, they're weaker ships like um, the the Vudar, um, the the Jindarian, um Those were <laughs> no Iggy. Um, Iggy say, oh, can I can I fly the Zorkalians tournament cruisers? Like, uh, no. Um, What's the joke behind that? The joke is that the Zorkalians are these uber. Um, Uber Empire, basically. Um, it's the way it's thought of it, to the point where um, we won't, uh, the second, we need the second generation X ships just to match them. You know? Oh, I see. I see. The, the, the over, the, the, the I win button overpowered empire. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't, of course, I, <laughs> I saw a bunch of playtest ships somewhere on uh, the on the website, and I was running down some of them, and I was, I found one that just boggled my mind. Somebody made a tournament bats. Oh yeah, that, oh, that actually had warp drive. It, it had to be. Yeah, I remember that. That was ages ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think it'd be fun to. I think it'd be fun to try, but it's just like scratching your head, going, "Hey, wait a minute. Why is there so much impulse and warp drive on something that's not supposed to move?" Yeah. <laughs> Why does it have a move cost? Why does it have a head cost? What am I missing here? <laughs> Some of the. Uh, let's put it like this. Some of the artifacts that you could go digitally digging for on the ADB website 
um, raise more questions than they answer. Understood, understood. But it can be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. It definitely can be quite fun. Um, but, okay, going back to the, the original question when it comes to Saltorians, and that is, okay, I, obviously in this scenario, when it comes to the Winox box versus Saltorian, um, overall, it was outmatched overall i think um i'm not for any other ship i'm not sure how you would fly it that would that would be better obviously um it'd be a little it could definitely be different if you had more drones or you had plasma versus the wind because the wind's gonna be because you can fly away from it while and deal with its drones while it's while the wind's trying to deal with your plasma you know so you can keep him away and and the, the drones and the ship will be will part ways, um, that kind of thing. Yep. You know, the, the the big the big issue obviously with the Satorian is that as I've mentioned, I'm not sure. I know I mentioned before in the on the, the podcast. I'm not sure of this one, but the, I think the biggest issue that the Satorian has is that it has nothing, absolutely zero, as a distraction. No seeking weapon, no fighters. No, nothing like that where, you know, the the ship can escape and the other opponent has to deal with what you're sending at it, which is separate from the ship and give it that, that kind of Same. mobile terrain kind of idea. Okay. Yeah, the, the Andromedan is almost the same way. And even though the Andromedan does get one T-bomb, it doesn't really do enough. And let's face it, ten points of damage and a from a from a single T bomb in most tournament fights, it's only really good for taking out fighters, shuttles, and drones. No, oh, agreed. Um, also, it, which it, can be critical. Oh. It can be true. Agreed. Yeah. Particularly if you're but running again, if, if you're running if you're running away from a bunch of stuff. But the thing is, is that the other side of the equation is. The Andromeda has 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 no weasel capability. Well, here's, here's the thing. And, it, 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 and its second really and its phaser secondary is really light. What was that? It, it's really a, yeah. it's a very subtle subtle play ship. I mean, it's direct fire, yeah. and you can keep up your speed if you're not using all your systems at once. Yeah, you have to worry it about. Kind of remind a little bit in that dilemma of the LDR, except that the LDR can do a really good overrun and has those ESGs for either point defense or for slamming the guy when you do an overrun. So, and Not to mention the fact that the LDR has a has a very very subtle secondary attack method. If he if he manages to get you to range zero and you're not going to move for an impulse or two. He can turn around and he can do a double bay dump of, of two suicide shuttles in the same hex so as you. Yeah. And it's just one it's just one of those ships that, that has the option that if you actually let them overrun you, you're going to receive everything you deserve. Um, because they can hurt you badly. But the Where's but the, the LDR is like, okay. Well no, the Saltorian is 
really, aside from having a large array of phasers, the Seltorian doesn't have a lot of crunch power. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. It, it, it's, it's a yeah. subtle T-ship. You really dance and grind down uh, one shield, basically. And if you're, if you're not able to dance and grind down one shield and hit it over and over again, then you're not going to be able to get enough damage to basically overpower your opponent or rip him of weapons through a good mitzia through one shield. And then the other thing is... And let's uh, face it. it. Its biggest extra bonus is the boarding thing. Right. So which is completely it, which it, is completely invalidated really, through uh, the tournament rules. Well, you can do hit and run yeah. raids. Yeah, True, hit and, run hit and runs are, are a thing, but generally speaking, it's it's really a weak tournament ship. Because anybody that can do a, a good chunk of damage to it is going to overrun it if they can. Anybody that doesn't need to overrun it can pretty much sustain the uh, sustain the grind that it can do while grinding it back hard and. And, you know, when, yeah, if the ox box in particular was a very evil combination, you've got drones for standoff power and you've got hellbores to keep the constant drumbeat of you're going to die every turn because if he gets, uh, if he gets the hellbore in arc, you know, you, you can, it, the thing is automatically going to, going to pelt whatever shield's been scratched. Yep. And it gets worse once he drops it. Exactly. It's just one of those things. It's 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 like the ISC and, and, and they've got the ultimate Mesia weapon, but at the same time it comes with a lot of a lot of downsides in and of its own in, in its in its use. Um, every empire has it its foibles. Yeah, getting it into arc, keeping it in arc. And if you choose to overload it, keeping uh, your opponent from getting getting into the myopic zone, all those things. It's one of the it's 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 also it's also one of the few weapons in the game that really actually encourage someone to offensively emergency decel. Just to keep somebody in that myopic range between four and eight. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just thinking about ways of improving the Saltorian. And the one thing I was thinking of, ah, don't, don't, don't. Oh, crud. Where is it? And the Mankazen Wars continue. Yeah, okay, there it is. Okay. Uh, fortunately, it didn't interrupt anything. Um, but one thing I was thinking of, which is the possibility, and, uh, you know, I was I was bemoaning the, the issue with power, because that, that's the main issue it has at the moment, is power. Because you've got your particle cannons, which require minimum of two per, and the the capacitors are leaky, so it's not like they're um, 
web breakers, the web breakers, you know, you, you charge them for two and they hold for zero. You know, they're, they're capacitors. Awesome. And I'm just wondering if um, I think I think it needs two, at least one, one thing, if not two. I'm thinking about more power, but also more maneuverability. I think if I had them, I, I feel like if I had the maneuverability, because we're both we're we're terminated D. If I could get it so that the Saltorian was a turn mode of B. I think I think I would have been, I would have done better. Because I could have turned so in. War cruiser. That's what that's what I was thinking about. It was yeah, change. I don't have ac- I don't have access to the old SSD collection that I used to have mm-hmm. anymore at the moment. Is there a war cruiser bo- version of the Saltorian? Oh yeah, I'm sure there. I'm because sure there they- is. I mean, that would probably be a pretty interesting build if you could make something that had, say, that 24 warp, but um, better arcs on the weapons, and even though there's maybe fewer of them, you've got a massive amount of speed to uh, make up for it. Okay. To become like a little... That's one thought, yeah. Of, uh, Addy, instead of a Cadillac. <laughs> Cadillac with no punch, I might add. <laughs> a one-turn kill you. Oh, just go on. Rub it in. Rub it in. <laughs> okay. Uh, where, there, well, it is, it is worth rubbing it in. This is a thing that's been around for, what, 20 years. And if, if it's a last possible choice of a lot of people because of the issues Paul's running into in this particular game, then maybe an alternative version is something that somebody could come up with pretty simply. You know, not too difficult. <clears throat> I mean, if there's an SSD that exists for a war cruiser version, then maybe adapt that into uh, a tournament lifestyle thing where it has the capability of, you know, Firing its main weapons a lot and maintaining speed. Mm-hmm. And the trade-off is the war cruiser holes that are in the tournament are kind of fragile once you get into them. So okay. there's that. This is... And I know that the big thing for these guys was that they were not fragile because they were going to go in and bust somebody's shield down and board, but that doesn't work in tournament play. No, an adjustment probably needs to be made and more power sounds good on its face, but correct me if I'm wrong. What happens, what happens with your shield crackers after your opponent has no more shields? They are useless. If you, yeah. So if you beat somebody down say they're number one and they're number six, and you get them down within to the point where all they're doing is bringing a box or two up every turn with damage control if they've got the power for it. What kind of crunch power do you still have? And the answer is outside of range four, not much.
True. Because outside of range four, phaser ones are not really worth power offensively. Hmm? Unless oh. you're afraid you're about to lose them anyhow. Agreed. Agreed. It is an interesting idea to kick around. Agreed. Agreed. Um, ah. I missed it. Uh, there's the one. Can I, can I get it this time? I just wanted to share my screen. But, oh, there it is. Okay. This is the new Satorian um, tournament cruiser. The the Staltorian Tournament Battle Wagon. That's it. That, that, that's the that's... solution. Did you just did you just uh, did you did you just did you just put the battleship or the dreadnought up? <laughs> I just put up yeah. the, the battle wagon, which is basically the hive ship oh. that they added um, they added weapons to. Got a, a few web breakers, not so many particle cannons, some some phasers, you know. One, let me see, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I think eleven phaser ones, which are four extended arcs. It. That would be the kind of thing you would need to, you know, it's like, that would be along the lines of, okay, you're you're the patrol round boss and everybody on the map against you, <laughs> which might actually be fun. Yeah. Oh, agreed. With, agreed. Ele with 11 phaser ones that, uh, with an FX arc plus whatever other primary and secondaries you have going along with it, you probably could make a tournament ship pop every turn you got within five hexes of somebody. I like that idea. I like that idea. Oh, by the way, I I looked and I don't see a war cruiser. That's a fast cruiser, which is well, that is a possibility. I think it defeats the purpose. Replace the particle cannons with phaser ones. Make it a pure phaser boat. Well, that looks. You know, the, 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 I hate to put it quite this way, but it sounds like the whinging on the board about nerfing the Fed and giving the Fed a, a fast cruiser option is, is probably leaning somewhere near that direction, too. Yeah, well, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's the NVS? That's it. Ah, uh, new strike carrier. That does not surprise me. Um, ACS is what? Oh, air control ship. Okay. But yeah, there's there's no um, war cruiser. They have fast cruisers. They got new new um, the new ships, which are no no. I don't think there's a single one that actually is war cruiser kind of feel. <laughs> well, what's the NCA look like? Uh, the NCA? Actually, I, I, I just brought that up a little bit earlier. 
Off screen that was anyway. It's got a a turn mode of of D still. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten phaser ones. Oh my lord, we're going backwards. Two webcasters and three particle cannons. And 32 warp. Um, four impulse and how many APRs? What's the move cost on it? Is it move cost one or is one? It, yeah, or 32 warp. That would, yeah. So basically, it's what, what I currently have as the cruiser. So, anyhow, I, I think. I think that would be helpful because here's the thing. Here's the way I, I figured the only way that those Seltorian could have won that match. This is the way, this leaves my thinking at the moment, which is um, having it so that, yes, Katie, um, that the Seltorian can get behind the, um, the win. And after it gets behind the win, then all it's going to do at that point it is it's going to wait it out. Have the, the wind keep on launching the, the drones backwards, you know, keep keep a distance. So the, the drones will come towards me, but I don't have to get any closer to it to to the wind. And just keep on just you know, if he wants to to you can want to he can fire the phaser fires the ones at me at range eight. Okay, fine. You know, it's gonna you know I'm, yeah, if if your whole battle plan revolves around your opponent being stupid, then no, I'm not. I might have some work to do. Yeah. Well, and look, that wasn't uh, that wasn't that wasn't uh, it wasn't pejorative against uh, against you at all. But when the the matchup is, let's face it, the matchup was fairly uh was fairly lopsided. Yes, agreed. I, I agree that that um, he has the the better overall ship. Agreed. But the the key, see, here's the key of it is not maybe not get behind him, but the very least you gotta stay out of his front arc, which means you have to outmaneuver him. Yep. And it's kind which of, is hard to do when. You've got a when you've got a deep turn mode, right? You have the yeah, the turn mode exactly the same as him. So you know, and and the only other, only other way you know if you, if well that when we're the we are the same, then the only way to get close to um, that position, stay in that position, is a lot of. Speed change maneuvering, you know, timing yeah. and 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 even that is difficult because of course he he's you don't know what his speed plot's going to be, so it gets really hairy, you know, because that, that's the only way to win against him is you got to stay out of his front arc because no matter what you do he's gonna at some point 
he's going to get close to you, close get close enough to you to have it so his phaser ones get the dent that it needs to then go and follow the hellbore and just suck all you know suck all the damage to that one shield. Well, he he doesn't actually with the way the uh, with the way the uh, tournament shields are, are placed, even need to do that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Chris, up to phase one, phase five, phase ones. Uh oh, I think we. definitely got got automated or something might disconnect for a moment but anyway with that actually we need to wrap it up because it's getting a little late doug it's been a pleasure talking to you i i, I will get you that the dates when we can get together it's, it's definitely going to be in april because okay because I'm, I'm i'm i was busy this whole month and you know i, I still will be busy oh 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 Possibly like the weekend after um, Easter. Okay. okay. That's fine. Just let me know. We'll do. We'll do. Okay. Well, you have a good night. You too. Okay. Jeff? You there? Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Zook has been really a pain this, this evening. But anyhow, so a nice little discussion there about, about the Mike Staltorian game, which was bad. Um, if Hey, if I'm more open to anyone who wants to point out, hey, this is what you should have done, please, because... The the I see the biggest issue obviously is that he gets, he gets, has those two hellbores in the front and there's no way to avoid them and I, I have no way of no no seeking weapons to speak of so I have to get close enough so I can fire my my um, weapons now if he didn't have any drones then I it'd be a lot easier on me because then I could actually use all of my phasers. To fire at him instead of using my phasers to knock down his drones or run, just run away from his drones, which which I started started at the beginning of the, the game. Now, my guess my my guess is that when I did that, that was that was a mistake. Is just running away from the drones, um, and that actually running away from the drones actually works in certain situations. Um, well, sorry, running away from seeking weapons. Usually those are plasma. So I thought that might work, and obviously that did not work. So, anyway, with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night.